You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. 28 minutes to 3 o'clock. I'll be with you until 3. And uh, we're getting now into a feature we're calling Meet the Professional. And you're going to love this if you are somebody that loves a hot, stiff drink. Because we are featuring a woman who started a brand from absolutely nowhere, has not put any money at all to advertise the brand. And it is now supplying 13, one, three countries and it has just grown from strength to strength. What am I talking about? Uh, it is a gin that has got everybody talking. It's called Enveroche. If you're a youngster, you must know Enveroche. It is an artisanal kind of drink. It is, I mean, one of those drinks right now. If if you don't know Enveroche, you, you know, you need to be taught. You need to be schooled. I needed to be schooled about Enveroche. But what a brand it has become. And I'm so delighted to be speaking to the founder and the person behind this magnificent brand. Lorna Scott, thanks very much for joining us, Lorna. Good afternoon, Pamela. Thank you for having me. I, I mean, I'm curious. As, as I said, you know, people know about the brand. People have come across the brand in all sorts of ways. But we were curious about you. Coming from government as a marketer and so on, <laughs> what on earth made you come up with the idea of putting a gin together? Yeah, I know the, it's, it's a little bit of a, a, a peculiar journey. But it has been an absolute ride. I mean, it has just been fascinating. And the thing that astounds me is that where we are today, you know, I could never have envisaged that truly when I launched the first um, couple of bottles from my garage door in 2011. Um, while I have hastened to add, while I was still involved in government. Yes. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the idea behind it um, also took a, a very peculiar journey, but you know, if if you ask me why gin, yes, there are a number of answers that I could give you. That one, of course, the most obvious one is I like gin. I think that's kind of <laughs> uh, <laughs> do what you know, do what you know type of thing. <laughs> yes, okay, I know okay. That yeah. Um, but it really was to do with being um, or discovering the most incredible story when I was in government. That I really felt needed to be shared. I mean, and, it, it, yeah. it, it's roots. What you guys are instilled by? Yeah, I know. In the middle of nowhere, it, it really kind of defies all you know the the natural laws of marketing and um, of business planning. You know, they all say it's all about um, position, position, position. Usually, yeah. you know yeah. where you are. But we're at the southern tip of Africa, in the middle of nowhere. We're not even on a tourist route. And yet it's become a destination in its own right. And the whole experience of starting a gin, um, you know, a, a not just a gin craze, but a movement yeah. in the middle of nowhere. You know, it's a bit like Walt Disney, I suppose. You know, I think in, in some ways, in the back of my mind, there must have been something, if you build it, they will come mm. type of uh, approach. I mean, but that's what happened. Yes, you're in the middle of nowhere, but you're also quite close to the N2. Mm, luckily, yes. Only about 20 kilometers yeah. um, from the N2 and, towards the coast. And I get the feeling that that has something to do with your distribution success. It certainly has. Um, I think just being close to ports, but also on the route to um, you know, the garden route, etc. we were discovered by people who were literally tourists and visitors and absentee landlords that, you know, had holiday homes in Stolbe. And over a period of, you know, the last um, seven, eight years, 
that message went out with the bottle of gin that they bought at the distillery. <laughs> so to this sort of disciples that um, discovered it and, and went off into the blue yonder and spread the word. Listen, you're going to love the story. If you're listening in today, uh, we are speaking to the person behind the gin that has got everybody talking. Lorna Scott is my guest. She's going to be with me all the way until 3 o'clock. Call in 0891-104-207 and ask her questions about the gin. If you're a connoisseur, you, you are going to be speaking to the right person. So let's just start with the name. Lorna, okay. how did you come up with the name? Well, the idea behind the name kind of combines a bit of my own family history, which is both um, a Gaelic, Scottish heritage, as well as a French um, Huguenot heritage. So the word is a made-up word. Um, It's Inver and Roche. Inver is the Gaelic word for the coming together of water, the confluence of water, and Roche is the French word for stone. And it celebrates the terroir in which the Feinbos grows, because it's... uh, it is known to be one of the most dynamic terroirs um, in the sense that it has limestone that's living rock that holds water and releases it for the plants to, to you know, be sustained and ultimately through the plants ourselves. So it's that beautiful cycle, and it also kind of inspired me to create the, the logo that we have, which mm-hmm. is about a little flower, but it's also, you know, it's a symbolic of this whole circle of, you know, into the soil, out of the soil, into us, and ultimately, you know, regeneration. Hmm. Lorna, I mean, unlike popular belief, gin is quite a complex drink to put together. So other drinks sort of rely on one specific plant, whether it's wheat or hops, whatever the case may be. Whereas with gin, it's a combination of all sorts of plants, and then you are able then to, I don't know, whether it's the manipulate or, 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 enhance something out of a very clear spirit, so to speak, after uh, you've done the initial, uh, in, you, you've done the initial, what do you call it? Um, well, infusion, infusion or distillation. Yes. I, it sounds as if you've been to one of my gym schools because you know quite a lot about how it works. I have to say, very impressed there. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no. Oh, no. I, I know very little about about the spirit. But I mean, I, I'm intrigued by what a brand it's become because for us in South Africa, for instance, it's just gin and tonic type thing. It's just it's just gin and tonic. You've you've managed to to move away from this very generic gin and tonic to a brand that sits alongside big brands in the world, head to head, and own its place and not rely on the tonic, so to speak, as well. That's right. I mean, a lot of our, um, shall we say, best um, endeavors to create something unique involves you drinking it neat with just maybe a little zest or, you know, a couple of uh, small pieces of fruit to really engage with the layered effect that we've been able to create by infusing it both through the distillation post and um, pre-distillation with different um, botanicals. I mean, that's why gin is so fascinating. It is literally the only spirit that you um, are allowed to imbue with your own creativity. It's like painting with flavors, which Mm -hmm. is exactly what, you know, I did. I've got a a palette of almost 10,000 different floral species. Mm -hmm. Most of them in the the Cape Floral Kingdom have um, a history of culinary or medicinal use, and they're aromatic and rich. And so you start basically with vodka, Mm. And then through, you know, trial and error, I developed my own um, recipes and methods 
to capture those really incredibly delicate um, aromatic oils. And that is what we bring out by just simply adding maybe just a dash of soda water or just keeping it straight. You can have it cold. You can heat it up, even drink it like you would a whiskey. Meet at room temperature. Just cradle it in, in, your, in the palm of your hand. And, you know, so it's about exploring the ingredients, the aromatics, not just the base alcohol. My conversation is with Lorna Scott, who is a founder and owner of Inverosh Distilleries. And I'll welcome your calls at this hour, 0891-104-207. Any questions for Lorna? She's here until 3. Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. I'm in discussion with Lorna Scott, who is a founder of Enverosh Gin and Enverosh uh, Distilleries. And uh, really just looking at the journey of this magnificent brand, which I think double sales every six months, you said, something like that, uh, Lorna? Indeed, yes. Every, every six months we've literally doubled. And um, I um, need to correct you on the distribution network. We're already in um, 18 countries oh. direct. And, um, well, we've, we've just also literally on um, Friday secured a wonderful partnership with um, Turner Ricard. My so word. we now are hoping to take this incredible journey with, um, with their assistance globally. Um, yes. Throughout Africa and everything. So, you know, we're really stoked about that. So, yeah, hopefully we'll be in, um, in every corner of the globe without, um, you know, with religion being able to take my story to the world. I mean, yes. Um, thank you for correcting me because now, you know, at my last count, it was 13. You're now on 18, 18 countries. I know. It's and growing. It's awesome. Lona, it, it's it's mind-boggling that you were able to do this without a marketing budget. And I suppose it had to start with the story, right? I mean, lately, the thing with marketing is, do you have a story to tell? And that's at the center of this brand. Absolutely. I think, you know, when, when it comes to building a brand, the one thing I learned is that you have to have um you have to have the passion but you've got to remain true to your vision you know and 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 that's not just marketing speak it's about really understanding what is the reason that you start something why did you why do you want to do something you know you've got to be authentic you've got to be consistent i think and being original mm-hmm. is definitely you know the the main requirement for brands to be successful overall so yeah uh, you, you you sell yourself on being a craftsman's gin and handcrafted and all of that. To what extent are you going to allow yourself to remain small with a big vision? I mean, you've just told me about 18 countries and all of these things. Is it time to revisit whether you can still be handcrafted? Always. You know, this is one of the, the wonderful things. Once you fully and truly understand what your brand identity is all about and what are the, the pillars that it rests on, then it becomes easy to navigate um, expansion. And in our case, the key, the key elements that make it unique is the fact that we hand harvest and we grow the entire supply chain we own. Mm. So our rare um, stainless botanicals, we grow ourselves under controlled conditions. It's harvested by hand. And the entire process means that every bottle goes through a minimum of 16 hands human hand mm. from and that excludes the planting and the care for the for the sandals botanicals and the harvesting and so growing the brand going forward i just simply employ more staff 
we simply scale up the model of handcrafted, but we still write the labels by hand and we will continue to do so irrespective of how large this brand goes, uh, grows as a, as a global um, presence. Uh, uh, so I think that is a principle that is not negotiable. I'm told that you do very well with the retired folk there in your neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> they are incredible. You know, I don't know why more people don't harvest, you know, this resource. Yes. There are these people um, that are just waiting to share their incredible knowledge and experience, you know, a lifetime of available, you know, wisdom. Mm. And so uh, it, it does help, of course, if you've got a couple of rounds of gin to encourage them to come. <laughs> come and help with a, with a process, not just of sharing knowledge, but to make sure that what we're making is, you know, it, it kind of matches the palate expectations. And the stories so, that go with it. And the stories that are shared. You know, I have to say, I couldn't have done it without um, the, the many mentors that, um, that volunteered their time, you know, so amazingly from the very beginning. 891 is the number to dial if you want to have a chat with Lorna Scott, who is the founder of Enveros Gin. Many of you may have come across the gin, but have never known who's behind the brand. And this is the time to speak to Lorna, who's my guest until three. You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. The professional we're meeting this afternoon is Lorna Scott, who is the founder of Enveros Distilleries, and uh, she joins us now on the line as well. And you can be part of this conversation on 0891-104-207. Lorna, you know, we spoke a little bit about the story and so on. I, I just take us to the day when you opened your garage and try to test this thing that you were working on with your daughters and you didn't quite know what you were doing. What actually happened? Well, this kind of gives you some idea as to the power of the narrative. And I think, you know, when I think back of that day, it was the 16th of December, and it was just the beginning of the holiday season. And what happens in Stolbay is it's a sleepy little village, and then round about the 10th, 15th of December, it just turns into another Joburg. Everybody just, you know, descends for Christmas, yeah. and they literally come in droves. And so my neighbor finally, um, you know, persuaded me to come on for business sake. It's ready to go. You've got your boxes, which was just the day before. Put them out here on the table and I'll send some of my guests because he's got a little restaurant just across um, the farm, farm next door to me. And so he sent it four or five people across. And by that afternoon, I had people coming back that they had sold. And that just continued. I had sold out my entire um, stock before Christmas. And what what it was is this not just the astonishment that, you know, that we had been so daring and crazy to, you know, start a distillery in the middle of Still Bay, but the fact that we were able to actually share something that had such a great scope of resonating with different people. It was all about not just using something that something as far as the ingredients go that nobody had ever used before, but it was about the you know, when I shared with them why I wanted to make this, I just loved this. And it just became like they embraced it like it was their own yeah. and went off, as I say, and shared it with their friends. So that day already told me that, you know, it gave me that confidence that I was, you know, I wasn't that crazy, although most people told me that I was. 
So it, to do this. So it's it's one thing to get that going in a small little town, and I and I see how that must have spread over to Joburg because you had people from out of the uh, your town coming in to visit. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you got that word of mouth going across the seas. Well, the same thing happened. You know, people travel. They've got. Um, relatives, family, friends overseas and what started to happen was much like, I don't know, you know it's like, what do we have that can speak of modern South Africa that would be the perfect souvenir the perfect um, gift that says something that is original and it can't be from anywhere else other than from South Africa and people started to take the bottles of gin as gifts for their friends and family and business partners and what happened is that I got contacted by retailers from across the world, all over South Africa, with them saying, somebody had been here, one of my, you know, long-time um, clients or whatever came and told me about this. Can you please just send me that nagging me? I need to stock it. Send me some bottles. And that's how it started, literally. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing because one of the things that intrigues me about this brand, and I think why it resonates so much with young, modern, you spoke about modern, young, modern Africans, is that you walked away from the trap of trying to sell Africa, then, you know, you didn't use a leopard print kind of elephant in the big five. <laughs> As you know, how we always depicted, and you were not in a curio shop, and no. that that kind of thing. You know, you didn't do that about us. You gave us the dignity of being a modern African that can compete with the rest of the world in everything that you did with this brand. Oh, good grief, Pamela! You you couldn't have said it better than me, and that is just exactly it. You know, it, for me, the whole idea was to create a luxury brand that could, I suppose sit on a shelf anywhere and without me being there, say something about who we are now. It's not just about, you know, the historical or the, you know, the, the, the origin of man. It's not just about the big five. It's about modern, authentic Africa that can, you know, encapture or that, that, encapture, that captures that whole vibrancy of Africa is home. Africa is all of us. And Africa really is ready to take on the world on, you know, we can stand next to Chanel, we can stand next to Gucci, because we are sophisticated. And, you know, we're proud to be who we are. So, you know, let me ask you the million dollar question, Lorna, how do you drink gin? How is it best (laughs) served? Tell me about the best way to do gin and tonic. Well, gin with tonic, of course, is uh, goes back to, you know, about 200 years now. It is the oldest cocktail on the planet. And that little partnership, that marriage between the bitterness of the tonic and the gin is what we expect. You associate that, you know, with that whole robust, full mouth experience of tickling all of the senses. So adding a little splash of tonic does add a little bit of depth and it just brings out the particularly the botanicals that must be there, which the base is made from, and that of course is your your actual juniper berries. But just a zest, 
and I implore you, please do not shove in whole slices of orange or lemon because, for goodness sake, you'll just ruin all my handwork. And I work hard to create these things. You'll just ruin it by adding all this citric acid. All at once is a little bit of that delicious soft oil that you get in citrus fruit to just make that, um, you know, that creative connection between all those lovely oils that's already in there, which is where the, the whole experience comes from, and a little bit of sweetness, and that's all you need. Nothing more, just a dash. And if you don't like it sweet, you can always add a dash of just soda water and maybe a tiny little bit of, of tonic. Just to lift. There are quite a lot of great tonics on the market now. Honestly, there are as many tonics on the market as gins. And shop around. You know, Different combinations will work with it. You can even find, um, you know, ones that are made with agave or low sugar content. Um, but make sure that you don't kill the gin with the... <laughs> the lemon know, slice. With the, with the <laughs> slices of lemon. Now, in Bloemfontein, you've got a question for Lorna. Hi. Hi, yes. Thank you, Lorna. I'm third generation Stilbe holiday girl. Oh. And I want to say... You have put Stilbe on the map. Thank you so, so much. Um, <laughs> listening oh, to you, uh, I really want to congratulate you because um, I was listening to you saying you don't need to have a big market budget or anything. It's because of the quality of mm. your product. Mm. If you look at that amber color of the gin or your pink gin, but your quality is so extraordinary that people want to buy it. And I do not know one person in Stilbe who has not at least in the past couple of years, received three or four gems for Christmas during the Christmas period. <laughs> but what I want you, what I want you also to do is to maybe enlighten while you're on, on national radio about what in the rush, not the distillery, but what it has become the venue, the music festivals that you have there. The, um, it's, it's, it's not only a shop um, where you go to buy gin. It's become so much more. It's, 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 it's really put it all by the map. And I want to thank you for that. And maybe you can explain to the listeners seeing this is nationwide um, what you have done to achieve this national recognition. Thanks very much, Nell. Lona, while you're on that subject, I want you to yes. add another element to your answer. I believe you do what, aloe jam? Well, no, I don't do them myself, but what we do is we encourage, um, you know, local um, um, entrepreneurs in their own right to also participate. And, uh, for example, Annette, who um, she's in her late 70s, who's also been around from the very beginning. She's one of those retirees that um, helped me to discover, because she's also a, a, a botanist, and um, she started off making some, you know, conserves and jams, etc., using the gins. And they just became really, you know, cute little additions to little tiny little bottles of, you know, conserves and preserves to add to the stocking fillers. So, you know, the idea is to try and find ways, not just to expand on the use of Fangos, because I think ultimately the awareness creates um, conservation because it's, it's part of what we want to do and why not just making make more delicious things P- Pumlani and George wants to speak to you before your last word Pumlani hi hi, hi how are you good good how are you Pumlani go ahead yes I'm so embarrassed I saw your gene in December 
I bought it yes. because I had friends over. I'm staying in George. And I thought it was some international brand. And now I'm driving back. <laughs> and only, only to find it's, it's being distilled just around the corner and still by. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Oh. That's all I want to say to you. I'm so oh. embarrassed. How lovely is that? Thanks, man. Lona, Lona, that must be heartwarming. I know. It's just awesome. And I think on your previous caller's comment on, you know, the, the music festivals, I think if we've got an opportunity, I'll quickly tell you why we, we started to do that. If I got a moment, will you? Yes, we got one minute, literally, yes. <laughs> uh, and it was really just to expand the whole origin story and the experience, because as she quite rightly said, we've become a destination. People spend a lot of time not just coming for cocktails or to buy gin, but to actually, you know, come and understand the complexity of this incredible place that we live in, provenance. And so the Cradle of Creativity is a place we want to claim because that's where it all happened. Blombos Cave, Pinnacle Point, you know, the origin of our cognitive evolution and the idea of creativity. How did it start? It was, you know, part of communication, sharing. It's about ingenuity and creativity all started with us creating art and music. And I think we communicated in, you know, in, in our long distant past by telling stories through music sure. and through dance and through art. Lorna, and I think that's what I wanted to do. I could speak to you all day. Thanks so much for making the time to speak to us. Lorna Scott, uh, founder of Enverosh Distilleries. Lorna, cheers and to more drinking gin. Thanks very <laughs> Thank much. You. Thank you. Have a good day. Have a okay, good day. Okay, guys. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody. Let's do it again tomorrow. One, two, three. It's three o'clock.